Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh whatever is out there download it it's freaking phenomenal you guys won't regret it take care ciao What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Val Cisco once again over here doing a pop five brought to you by Sideshow Conversations. Of course, I have my co host with me, the Gorilla Monsoon of professional wrestling podcasting, Danny Mack. How you doing, Danny? Hey, brother. What's up? How we doing? I'm doing pretty good right now. I think we're ready to talk about some wrestling. How do you feel about some wrestling? I feel like let's put on a show and rodeo. A rodeo show it is. So this week's top five, top five is going to be the greatest WWE champions. And it's really near and dear to my heart because both of us have grown up with professional wrestling from day one, having our feet, you know, smacking each other around inside the house, watching professional wrestling, whether it was WWE, whether it was the old school WWF, whether it was ECW, WCW, <laughs> TNA, Impact. We saw it all. We grew up with it all. So it's very near and dear to us. How do you feel about, uh, I want to say wrestling number one and just the WWE title? Wrestling number one and it's WWE title? Uh-huh. Number one would be Shawn Michaels. <laughs> well, let's not get into our pop fives just yet. Oh, okay. but I, in just in general, how do you feel about wrestling in general? Wrestling in general, it's I feel like as a fan, it's the greatest show on earth. Like the acting, the performances these guys do day in and day out. There's nothing like it, and to to you know to see that and. 
you know, you're living in a different reality, you know, with these guys, like, just putting on a performance like that, moves that you never even witnessed possible that they could do. Like, these guys go in and th- work over 300-something days a year. Like, they're on their feet every day, giving it all to the fans. And that's what I think it is, you know, performance and, and watching, you know, your favorite stars, you know, do all these things. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, nothing, it's, it's, it's just a different experience. Definitely, it is a different experience. I love professional wrestling. It is the male equivalent of a soap opera, but we love it so much, whether it be, you know, angles, whether it be championships, whether it be underdog stories or bullying stories. It's all there for the eyes to witness, and i I just been a fan of pro wrestling since day one. Um, how do you feel about the the WWF slash WWE championship? Do you feel like it's, like, still the most protective championship around? In a sense, yes and no, no, because I feel like it's not really that big of a deal to even keep around or, or talking about it anymore because that was just a, such a like a thing where it was just there at the time and now it's just like done with and people are are just moving on to different topics. Yes, I think it's it's good still around because you know it's it's a championship. It's the most talked about championship still. Yes. It's very popular, but like at the same time, it's debatable whether it's not still prominent or not. Well, with the title incarnation back in 1963, held first by Buddy Rogers, of course. Um, basically, this was part of the National Wrestling Alliance first. Um, NWA, so, yes, yeah, definitely was around that time when we had territories, and it definitely was built bigger than the territory, you know, with the visions of um, Vince McMahon Sr. and then Vince McMahon Jr., making this belt more relevant than the NWE title back in the day. So this is um, a title that's very near and dear to me. I know a lot of people do love the the classic NWA championship or the World Heavyweight Championship from WCW, but me, myself, I don't know. Is there something about this... Um, the original WWF title, then to the WWF, then to the uh, WWE championship. Yep. It really just, I don't know, it signifies a classic champion, a workhorse champion, someone who's going to carry the company. And I think we both have pretty good picks on who we think is the best champion at the time. I think we're going to have some similar picks, but I'm interested to hear what you have to feel about this. It's, so let's it's start. Not, the, the reason why is that I, said, I was hesitant in saying that is because. For so the WWE Championship was the best prize, and especially on SmackDown. But like, the Universal Title was the most talked about, and that that scared away. It's 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 in WWE titles like actual like, you know, um, prominence. You know, because the Universal Title they was talking about Brock Lesnar in this thing. The Universal Title is not even compared to the WWE Title because it's been passed around for the generation, the generation held by like legends, icons, Hall of Famers throughout the times past. Well, I, I understand what you're saying on that point where they're trying to build the, the, the newly minted Universal Championship that's only been around for a couple of years. Yes. And I definitely understand that. I think it's just more of a push trying to make that title at least an equal to the WWE Championship. But even as we've seen the last couple of years with the title being on Brock Lesnar only defended a handful of times, we've seen exactly. workhorses with the WWE Championship. Yep. Um, I want to talk about a few of those right now. So why don't you give me your number five? Number five would be The Undertaker. Okay, why? Well, 
Recovering, the man is outperformed anybody. You can get the Undertaker can out wrestle anybody, can get in the ring like AJ Styles, his experience. And he's the godfather of professional wrestling. He belongs in that slot because he's worked his, you know, his darn ass off for the last like two get- decades and a half, performing and being there and being on top and still maintaining on the top that is he's ever been. You know, he deserves he deserves that spot not only as a future Hall of Famer but as a seven time world champion. He's done a lot for the business that nobody ever could, and still is here. Okay, and I get what you're saying about the Taker's credentials as far as a great wrestler and his contributions to the sport, but you know what? To be honest, people might hate me for that. I did not put him on my list as one of the best WWE champions. Honestly, Undertaker to me has always been someone that didn't never really need the belt. His aura was always better than the belt. This character, like, yes. So I and. To be honest, none of his reigns are really memorable to me. You know, of course, with him, you know, defeating Hulk Hogan for his first reign. And I think his last yeah. reign, um, I can't even remember. Who did he have at last against? Batista? Or CM Punk? For the world title, yes. For the WWE Championship, Hulk Hogan. That was for the first one. And then the last one, I'm not too sure. He probably won it either under, over CM Punk the, or, the, or the Edge. The world championship against, it was definitely against CM Punk at Hell in a Cell 2009. Okay, and see, even with that right there, it's like, I, I just feel like even his if, WWE... If you're talking about the WWE title, it was back in 2002 where he defeated Hulk Hogan. And look at title. that, even there. Maybe that, to me, is my um, my go-to story for his championship run because, like I said, in the 90s, I didn't care for him as champion. His, his yeah. rivalries against Sid and Bret Hart really didn't do it to me because everything he was doing outside the ring was even better. His rivalries with Kane and Shawn Michaels in the Hell in a Cell. Yep. Hell, McFoley. Mick Foley, even going surpass that, you know, going into the late 2000s with rivalries against Triple H and Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar, I feel like he was always beyond the title. Maybe, you know, as someone as young, taking that mantle from Hulk Hogan is legendary for that time being. But I respect your decision. You know, Taker's a god. Yes. Mm-hmm. The immortal dead man. Well, let me roll on to my number five, most mostly recent right now, and he is the current WWE champion. My number five is AJ Styles. Hmm. Small pick, my friend and my brother. I I really, you know, I'm stunned at the work that he's done over the last couple of years. Just of being in the WWE just for a handful of time, and he has just rose to prominence, whether it be any title he's um, taken, whether it be, you know, the United States Championship or the WWE Championship. He's made that championship relevant, in my opinion. And it hasn't been relevant for a while now. I feel like he really, he he walks like a champion. He struts like a champion. He makes that belt very important. And any match that he has usually is a four- to five-star match. He makes his opponents look fantastic. And, of course, his work rate is just fantastic alone. Of course, he's called the phenomenal one. Um, and even now, just being so innovative late in his career, you know, a lot of people don't re- you know, really don't realize that AJ's been around for so long. You know, dude's you know in his forties right now, and before that, working in you know um, WCW and uh, TNA and Impact Wrestling. You know, he's won championships all over the world, New Japan Wrestling. Um, but now in WWE, he feels like he's just a complete picture. And I feel whether he's a heel champion or whether he's a face champion, it just makes that title even more um, than what it was, I want to say, two years ago. 
And that's something to say about that. I'm not too sure if it's the title who makes the man or the man who makes the title. In this case, I feel like the man made the title. And he's making this title really, really relevant now. I believe so. You know what? That's a good top pick right there. The phenomenal one. That's a good pick. Now, you know what my biggest regret is? Never seen AJ Styles take on The Undertaker in his prime. Of course. I really feel like the matches he had with Michaels and H and Punk, there could have been a great match with him and Styles. And even though people are kind of shooting that to this day, like, hey, let Styles take on Taker, uh, you know, I don't want to see this Taker take on Styles. Even though I think Styles yep. can make him look great, I don't want to see that right now. I want to see, you know, Taker do Topecon Heroes. I want to see Taker walk the ropes. I want to see Taker, you know, do, you know, leg drops from the top rope, you know, and we're not going to get that style of Taker, but yeah. man, it would have been great to see that as well. That would have been a great encounter back then. Well, let me hear from you now. We, we already talked about my AJ Styles being champion for 300 plus days. Who is your number four? Steve Austin. Okay. Genuine badass, bringing out the edge. And when he needed the edge, it was the Attitude Era. He was the one that begun that, stunned the boss. The guy made history during the 1990s and early 2000s. He was the top face. He was the, Stone Cold was like the Hulk Hogan, the John Cena of that era. You know, he was his own person. He brought out that, that inner badass character that didn't give a crap about anybody. Just what was on his benefits. Stone Cold, rise to the occasion. He faced encounters with Kurt Angle. The Rock, remember those panels with The Rock at all three WrestleManias, you remember that, Triple H, The Undertaker, everything. Every, every, the list goes on and on back then in that era where, where we had top stars coming from that era that are still in on Raw and SmackDown that you see to the, today. He's the one that, that paved the way for, for other up-and-coming you know, badasses to come. So why not give Austin on the top five? Because the guy's, lit, I, I, again, on his credentials, Austin is on that top caliber. Who, who wouldn't pick him? I definitely agree with you on that one. I unfortunately don't have Austin on my top five. If it was maybe a top six or even a top ten, he would have definitely been there. You know, Austin's had some great matches and really signified what the Attitude Era was about, especially his matches. My favorite match with him with that title has to be SummerSlam 98 with The Undertaker. It's one of my favorite classic matches with Taker. They just went balls to the wall and let it all hang out there. Um, you know, but I don't know. To me, I felt... And the only reason why I didn't put him on my list is because I felt that Austin always worked better chasing the title than actually having the title. And maybe that's a little controversial for me to say because people love Austin as champion. But to me, I always found it better when Vince would strip him off the title or he had to find his way to get back. You know, his historic Royal Rumbles and trying to get to the title are just legendary. You know, him getting to WrestleMania to fight Shawn Michaels was legendary. So him chasing the title always meant more to me than actually having the title. But I do love his matches, though. You know, his matches against Angle, his matches against Jericho, his matches against The Rock. You know, so many great matches that he's had as well, too. His matches against Do Love, Mick Foley. You know, the list goes on. His matches against Vince McMahon, Big Show. You know, it, 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 they're always great matches. And, you know, he really does... Um, he, he really, when you think of WWE Championship, you, you really do think about him. Unfortunately, on my side, I just, I love to chase a lot more, though. But I respect your decision on that part. You know, like I said, if I had a top 10 or even a top 6, Austin would have been here. Exactly. Exactly. 
Is there any like favorite match that you remember from Steve Austin with the title? Oh, there's piece? a lot. There's a lot of them. Uh, WrestleMania 17 with The Rock. Mm-hmm. My one of my personal faves. Uh, Survivor Series 2000, three stages. Yeah. The Hell in a Cell six man Armageddon. Was he champion at that time, or was he? No, nope. Angle was the time. Angle was that the champion at but the time. But he was in that he match came. though, so that still counts. Yeah, man. You know, the the buried alive match between him and Undertaker, uh SummerSlam nineteen ninety eight with the Undertaker, the classic WWE championship match. The list goes out to Bret Hart, WrestleMania thirteen. So if if there was maybe if you were to play matchmaker with somebody now, um, to go back to somebody then, if you had to see one more match with Austin, honestly. Just fan fiction it right now. Fan book. Who would you book him with for one more great rivalry? For one more great rivalry, it would have to be either Samoa Joe or there's three, AJ Styles or let's say Braun Strowman. I like those picks right there. I think he would be very interesting with Samoa Joe. Yep. I think Braun Strowman would be incredible working with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ, you know, AJ would have worked with him like Michaels, but yep. I, I would have definitely loved to see a Braun or a Samoa Joe. And definitely my number four would definitely, in my opinion, be a great, great feud just because of the shit talking they would have for each other. And of course, you know, no. No, no, no. My number four, you know, is the anti-Austin, where Austin loves to drink mm. beer. Mine was straight edge. My number four mm. is CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, another man over here that held the title for 300 plus days. Exactly. Someone who really took um, the brass ring and just broke the roof when he had the title and he wasn't going to allow anyone to tell him otherwise. And of course he had doubters and people that just did not care about his style of wrestling, his look and what he stood for. And I think that chip, that, that edge, um, that, that, that he was really, really on uh, that monkey on his back that was really itching him. It really made for great television, made for great TV. He has so many great matches, you know, with John Cena Brought the best out of John Cena, in my opinion. Uh, great matches with The Rock itself, and great matches with Chris Jericho. You know, so many matches right there that are there. It's, it's in my opinion, Hall of Fame career worthy matches with that title. Uh, I really feel whether he was a heel, whether he was a face, taking on you know Alberto Del Rio, whether he was taking on um, Adolf Ziggler. You know, I really felt that he was always in the mix. He never felt out of place. And the only time, he, honestly, he felt out of place is when he never had the championship around his waist. He was someone who was making sure that title meant something because, honestly, everybody was treated as a spinner championship. Like, whoever had it was either John Cena or Randy Orton. And at that time, I think people were craving something different. People were craving a guy that was kind of like them, you know, just a punk off the street that just did not care about anybody's opinion but his, his own and never had no one in his heart. Um, I thought he had great matches and great chemistry having that straight-edge angle. I thought his heel work, 
his heel work, especially with Paul Heyman by his side, who he really didn't need. But the combination with Paul Heyman and CM Punk being best friends coming out together, you know, taking on people like Cena, taking on people like The Rock, you know, that classic Royal Rumble match that he has, he just goes up to The Rock and just speaks to him and just headbutts him, basically saying, you want this title, you better earn it. You know, trash talking, one of the best trash talkers, in the business, going toe-to-toe with him, having an excellent match and bringing the best out of him twice. Twice. I, I mean, this guy, he rose to the occasion on so many times. His One of his best matches is that Chris Jericho WrestleMania match with that rivalry of him um, basically saying that his father was an alcoholic and Jericho just smashing a Jack Daniels bottle over his head. So iconic. Should have been the main event, in my opinion. Um, yeah, man, I love Punk. I And I give it all to Punk. And they still can go if he wants to. Do you feel that it's wasted opportunity for him being in the UFC, or do you applaud it? I'm seeing no results, man. At the end result, he just, should have just stuck with professional wrestling. It, it didn't have to be WWE. He could have just gone to the Indies beforehand and, and at least give it like a, a few like you know days to sink in to actually get that passion again, you know? And when he went to UFC, the fans disrespected him because they know, like, you know, he wasn't going to, you know, make it there. You know, and I don't think it's making, it's not a good fit for him, honestly. He tried, and I give it his all. I give it his all that he tried and everything. UFC is just a tough sport. It's a different game. You know. And, the mental, and his mentality is, like, he wants to perform and do better. At the same time, like, you cannot perform. It's a fighting. It's in a cage. You have to fight for your life. No, definitely. I understand that completely. Um, I, I look at it as a bad breakup. You know, everybody's went through a bad breakup in their lives before. And sometimes you want to get away from the situation as fast as possible. And I think that's what it was with punk and wrestling. I feel like he was heartbroken in a way. He was disgruntled and he just did not care about the sport. And just like a breakup, you don't want to be next to that person at all whatsoever. You just want to get away, run away as far as possible. I felt like he needed to do something drastic to change his mindset about pro wrestling. I think that's why he went into mixed martial arts. I think he saw it as a challenge. He got his mind away from wrestling. Um, Well, at least he tried to without that class action lawsuit that was filed against him. But I feel like he needed something to get to get that chip off his shoulder and try to do something different from him. Now, Grant, you're right. I the results haven't been the best when it comes to the UFC. My opinion, I thought he, I think he would have served better being on the Ultimate Fighter, or maybe just fighting for Bellator. You know, just getting a couple of wins and learn the sport day by day before entering the UFC. Hell, I still yes. think that uh, he can go to like a uh, King of the Cage or a Bellator and maybe get a winner, win or two. But I definitely do agree with you. His heart, his head, his body, his soul. His love is professional wrestling, and I really think that he's going to come back to it sooner or later. Yeah, he's about to hit 40, and yeah, he's not a spring chicken, but hell, I think, given the chance, given the opportunity, may not be for WWE. Who knows? It, it could happen. Be, it probably wouldn't be. Who knows? But if he gets that passion back, and I'm saying that there's an if, there's a possibility that he can. He can still... He may not be the CM Punk of, the, of his early 20s, but... There's there's a, a way to rekindle that. He there can is. still work ways. You look at Chris Jericho reinvented himself exactly in New Japan right now. Why couldn't Punk do the same thing? So Rey I Mysterio, think like they're Rey all, they're as all well too. Still, 
AJ Styles, you know, one of my picks right there, reinvented yeah, himself as well too. So I, I really think that he still has a chance to go out there and give one more shot to the pro wrestling world. I know we want it, so Punk, please come back. Exactly. One more shot, Punk. That's all we want. And that's all you need. Please come so, back. So, of course, that's all we need. I want to hear, though, your number three. My number three was Bret Him and Hart. Mm. That's very interesting because that's my number three as well, too. So we can both uh, talk about him. Bret Hart grew up in Canadian wrestling, had a, the Hart Dungeon. Grew up, his wrestling family goes on and on from different generations, like the Samoans, the, the, the Mavias. Brian, the you know the Wild Samoans, Vacation the Rock, on and on. Stu Hart, a lot of parts. Stu Hart, Owen Hart, you know Bret Hart, even the British Bulldog, who was the stepbrother. You know the all of them like from generation to generation. The Hearts have been dominated, dominated the wrestling business for who knows when for a time, good time period, and for Bret to Bret especially, he gave it his all, not just like in WWE. Everywhere he went, WCW, rather it was that, you know, everywhere he made history, he made headlines. He was the man, he was the influence that kids wanted to look up to. He was that big star, one of the biggest stars in the 1990s, in my opinion. Based on all time greats, he can out like AJ Styles. He, that would have been another great match, Bret Hart and AJ Styles at his peak. Definitely, the chemistry that they could they could have with Kurt Angle versus Bret Hart, like that would have been a, a performance in a lifetime. Bret Hart, you know, gave it his all. He 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 was a wrestler's wrestler. He he was a, the technical wrestler of that day and age. Definitely. And Brett Brett carried that business as long as he could. I I really agree with you there. Coming, you know, out of the dungeon with Stu Hart being a legendary wrestler, he is as his father teaching him the ways of professional wrestling with his brothers, with his cousins, you know, starting in Stampede Wrestling with Jim the Anvil Nineheart being his tag team partner, facing people like the British Bulldogs, you know, Dynamite Kid and, you know, Davey Boy Smith, going all around the territories, you know, being a territory kind of guy in a world where he was still kind of relatively small and people did not at this time were more for more looking for brute strength rather than typical wrestling at that time, early 80s. He stuck out, you know, he grew his craft in the Hart Foundation, going to the World Wrestling Federation, winning the tag team titles, winning the Intercontinental Championship, doing all the work, the hard work that a wrestler should, paid his dues in every way, in every shape, form. And then, you know, most people may say that, damn, his first championship reign kind of sucks because it was at a house show. It was unexpected. It was a passing of the torch. We went from, you know, your classic 80s characters, you know, like yeah. a Ric Flair, like a Hulk Hogan, and we went into a more of a technical wrestler standpoint. Bret Hart was the focal point of that movement. If anything, he kind of started the Attitude Era before it even began. began. Very yep. smug person as well, too. Very stiff worker. Um, you know, winning the title against Ric Flair in the house show, and then, you know, just having classic matches with Mr. Yokozuna. Perfect. Even his own brother, Owen, for the British Bulldog, SummerSlam. Yeah. So many. Title. Yeah, so many classic matches with the title itself, taking on Shawn Yokozuna, Michaels. taking on Shawn Michaels, taking on um, Undertaker at uh, SummerSlam, Heart and Soul. Exactly. Great pay-per-view as well, too. You know, Survivor Series, Montreal Screwjob, 
you know, so many classic matches with that title. Bret Hart really captivated an audience. He he wanted to be the hero, but the real hero. You know, he wants to be the everyday man's hero, the person who goes out there and studies hard, works hard, perfects their craft. You know, he wasn't the superhero like a Hulk Hogan or Ultimate Warrior that you dreamt about. He was a guy that you could actually be. I think fans really gravitated to that kind of character, that realism. And it's just fantastic, fantastic work ethic, you know, held the title in so high regards of saying that he was the best in the world. And you know what? Quite frankly, he really was. Exactly. And I agree totally, 100%. That's why Brett deserves to be on this list. And all of his accomplishments, all of his achievements, like the matches, the outperformance, he, he was the five-star. He, he was the man that you wanted to pay to see a wrestle. Definitely. And I think, you know, even though that screw job happened and going to WCW happened as well too afterwards, I really felt, felt like if he was stuck around just a little bit more, we could have saw some classic matches. You know, they had their classic match with um, um, him and Austin at WrestleMania 13, but I could imagine just going for the title, them going back and forth for that title. I can imagine, you know, um, um, Brett taking on some new people, like a Kurt Angle going into it, like a Chris Jericho yep, going into it. Exactly. You know, even though, you know, he had great matches in WCW against Chris Benoit, I can imagine a Chris Benoit versus a Benoit match. match Oh, man. Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. So many great matches he could have had if he would have just stuck around just a little bit more. Hell, he probably wouldn't have yeah. got injured by Goldberg. He probably wouldn't have lost his passion. And you know what? I feel like we were robbed of that. So many great matches that could have came from this. Hell, you know, he could he he left before The Rock really hit his peak. Imagine a Bret Hart versus The Rock at his peak. It would have been fantastic. Exactly. And any encounter. Yeah, man. We don't know what could have happened in 2002 for Bret Hart that was in shape, healthy, ready to go. Imagine a Bret Hart taking on a Brock Lesnar. How great oh would that gosh. be? Oh, incoming beast, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Yeah, man. Someone laying the sharpshooter on Brock and Brock this. Randy Orton. Randy you know? Orton John just being the legend killer. It would have been great. A John Cena as well, too, in yeah. his prime. I think that we could have saw some great matches if that wouldn't happen. I think that's one of the. My Van Dam. Van Dam. Look at that as well, too. I think. We were kind of robbed of those matches, and much. it's politics at its best. But at the end of the day, man, I wish we would have had you know? that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, um, I know that was my number three as well too. I wish I could talk more about Bret Hart. There's so many other things I could I could say about him. Uh, role model, um, great humane person, knew how to take chicken uh, shit and turn into chicken salad. You know, even becoming a heel champion with the Heart Foundation 2.0, just having that gang of Canadians being a hero in Canada, but being a heel in the United States. Fantastic psychology right there. For people who say that Bret Hart was a boring character, you have to see him in the late 90s just with that Heart Foundation character. Oh, yeah. Smug, smug character. Fast worker. Stiff worker. Great wrestler. Um. The possibilities were endless, you know. Um, he's the only one that's left out of the Heart Dungeon, uh, the Heart Foundation. Jim Nethart just recently passed away. God bless his soul. There's not, there's none of them left in that picture in 1997. You see all the legends, all, all of them together. 
uh, yeah. possibly the last time. But there's Brad, there's Owen, there's there's Brian Pillman, there's the, the Bulldog, and there's, then there's Jim Nat Hart. Four of them are, are gone, are not with us anymore. It's only Brad. Oh, you're definitely right. That's an eerie. That's to say. That's an eerie sight right there to think about. But um, as we lay to rest the Hart family, we're gonna go ahead and get into our number two. So I want to hear from you, man. What is your number two? Well, nothing but the, you know, what's the 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 the, the woo <laughs> defiant <laughs> son of a gun. The Nature Boy, Rick Flair. Woo! You might cause some controversy over here. Why is Rick Flair your number? Rick Flair two? is a legend. Rick Flair is my god. Rick Flair is the man. His tagline: If you're gonna beat the man, you gotta beat the man. Sixteen-time world champion, right there. Mm-hmm. No. Sixteen-time world champ. Sixteen-time world championships from different eras, from different companies. He's uh, Rick Flair's wrestled everywhere around the world. No, and, and even he even competed in the two thousands with different you know generations. Right, he competed for over thirty years. Right, the man has great credentials, he, and you know what, Rick Flair and his prime can can out wrestle anybody too. You know, and he deserves to be in that spot, definitely on the top five. Because Rick Flair, he deserves it all. Like he's done it all. There's nobody like him. There's nobody that would be like him. If Rick Flair were gone tomorrow, I would cry. Like you're making all valid points right there, and people may get pissed off for me for this, but hear me out, everybody. Rick Flair number one is not on my list at all with this, um, only because now if we were mentioning greatest champions of all time, or greatest NWA champions, or greatest world heavyweight champions, Rick Flair would probably be number one for me. But to me, this is the greatest WWE champions. And... No, no, no. He was the WWE champion once and twice. Uh, yes, but... He has, that, he, has that, he has that on this list. Yeah. No, no. You're right. Also, I... technically, I still... I st- it still counts. No, no. I'm not, I'm not disputing that it's not counting. No, no, no. no. Yes, of course. I'm just, I'm just making the point. Right. If you, if you didn't... No, no, that, didn't no. No, no. That's not what I'm saying. Because um, okay. I, I think he's a, a, a fine champion for what he did, but I wouldn't put him in my top five personally. Because he really just didn't do anything for me as a WWE champion. I felt like his only claim to fame for that title was winning it at the Royal Rumble. The only person to win it at the Royal Rumble. But as far as a champion himself, I I just feel like it was mediocre compared to all his other championship reigns. Whether it was in Jim Crockett promotions, whether it was in WCW whether it was in other promotions as well, too. I felt like uh, he had more oomph. He had more variety to, to give. He had more poise as a champion in other promotions. And I felt like when he went to the WWE, it was more of a paycheck. It was more of a break. And I felt like he didn't... The, the title, it just didn't feel right on him. And I felt like... He didn't. Not that he didn't belong in the World Wrestling Federation. I just felt like his was was not, you know, the the WWE standard, I guess. And I felt like that's what ultimately had him had that title taken away. Um, not that, like I said, I, I agree that Brett, uh, that um, that Ric Flair is one of the all time greatest champions of all time. 
But as far as the WWE champion, I mean, I only see two things. I see him that winning that Royal Rumble, and I guess another, I guess, big moment is losing it to Bret Hart. I don't even count his WrestleMania match with Macho Man that great because I think that that feud is horrible, and it wasn't even the main event. It was in the middle of the card. But go ahead, though. My number one? Mm. No, 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 no. Just to speak more on Ric Flair and why you think he's well, you're number two as far as WWE Ric champion. Ric Flair, like I said, he's the all. He's he's one of the best wrestlers I've ever experienced and ever watching. His 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 technical, like he can his his like his like the like everything. He's a brawler. He's a, he's everything you can possibly imagine. Like this, Ric Flair is. By far, like deserves to be this because he contributed a lot to the business, right? Out, but why is he your number two for as far as a WWE champion? The first ever to win the Royal Rumble with the championship mm-hmm. on the line. Right. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll take Apparently it right there. Lots of man, another classic encounter WrestleMania. So I say, you know what? Even though it was short run. He still has has that history behind him, and for that, for what he did, and for coming to WWE, actually, you know, at that time when they desperately needed it, right? He he drew attention, and that's all they can they can thank him for. Okay, I give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you my number two. My number two is probably your number one because I think you kind of spoiled it a little earlier. Mm-hmm. But my number two is Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. And um, I and we could both speak about it right now because I know that's your number one as well too. But you know my, you know I love Shawn Michaels. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. You know, along with the likes of Bret Hart and Chris Jericho, it's just th- those wrestlers alone just um, give that small person who can achieve big dreams mentality uh, so much more prominence than uh, than being the big beefy giant guy. But you know, Shawn Michaels is another person who's went to different you know, variations of his career, you know, going from, you know, different territories, going from the AWA, going down to Florida, going down to Texas, going down um, and getting his foot into the WWE, not once, but twice, you know, um, starting off with the Rockers and then, you know, getting into his own role, you know, as a single star, you know, you know, throwing Janetti through the, through the barbershop window, win the IC title and having classic matches against Razor Ramon. But I feel like his championship runs are really what made him what he is today. I mean, his championship um, win against um, Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12 is legendary. His championship challenge against Diesel, with Diesel being, you know, a person who did have limitations at that time as well, too, he made a great match at that WrestleMania 11 card. You know, his WrestleMania 14 match against Austin coming in as champion, you know, really defines what Mr. WrestleMania was all about. I mean, Michaels alone is just a fantastic wrestler in his own right, like a Ric Flair, like a Bret Hart. I'll put him in that category. Um, I think he's a person. We talked about Bret Hart carrying the company. Michaels really carried a company when no one was watching the World Wrestling Federation at the time. When people were tuning into, you know, the NWO and WCW, Michaels was the one having five-star matches against a Mick Foley, against a Vader, you know, against a Bulldog, and all these other people just, like, really sticking their teeth um, 
trying to make magic in the ring in the mid-90s. I mean, you know, classic matches with Razor, with Hart, with Owen Hart. The list goes on with Sid, with Diesel. I mean, there's so many matches that we could talk about right now that signify him being one of the best champions. But that whole run from like 95 to 97 was just fantastic. It was all about Michaels. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. May I say it now? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk, 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 talk about Number it. Number one, Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. Shawn Michaels is one of the best athletes to ever perform inside the square circle in the WWE. The, the, the press of his bare brain, when he started in a tag team with Marty Jannetty, and then he went on to his own being that heel character that nobody saw it was a twist and turn. But he wasn't the he wasn't the tallest guy. He wasn't he wasn't a bodybuilder or anything at that time. Shawn Michaels was very strong, but like he had heart and he and he had that passion. And thank God for Vince McMahon. If it weren't for if it weren't for Vince McMahon deciding to put Shawn Michaels as a singles competitor, we would have never seen the Shawn Michaels that we we see now. That's a Hall of Famer. That's that's an icon. That's a legend of this business all around the cross and not. Who was ever a passionate hardcore fan does not know who Shawn Michaels is. Shawn Michaels did give it his all. Shawn Michaels gave it his all. And then day in and day out, he came back twice. One from a very bad back injury, okay? Back in 1990, back in 1998. He had to, after that last match against Austin, which he still came and outperformed, that was the biggest main event of, of, of that box office of WrestleMania 14. And he, and he gave it his all. And you know what? The story worked perfection. He took his time. He though, did ambassador roles here and then to keep it relevant on television. He left because he lost passion because he couldn't uh, perform anymore until he came back in 2002. And a different. And Shawn Michaels still gave it his all. And he outperformed day in and day out. Like every other outperformer, like every other performer that came into the, to the business in the 2000s when he was there. We got to see Shawn Michaels versus Batista, Shawn Michaels versus Randy Warren. You know, Shawn Michaels versus Triple H, the friend versus friend, better, better enemies. That's up at that time. John Cena, like in 2007, WrestleMania 23 at the main event. Shawn Michaels was in several closing shows back then. So if he can, if he can still give it on his edge then and still have before coming back from that injury. And he could come back again. He can very well do it. It might not be the same Shawn Michaels, but Shawn Michaels, if he's really passionate and will come back for that one more match, I don't care who it is. Shawn Michaels versus anybody. He will be there and he will outperform. And he wouldn't be so short to not give it all to the fans if he were not to come back, which I think is still a possibility. Yeah, Shawn, Michaels, you... Shawn Michaels had multi-range multi championships. Bret Hart, WrestleMania 12 was a classic against against Scott Hall. WrestleMania, was it WrestleMania 12? Yeah, it was WrestleMania 11. No, WrestleMania 10 against, against Mason Ramon. The list goes on and on. The, the classic Hell in a Cell Council, the first Hell in a Cell Council with The Undertaker, still a classic. Against anybody, like against Bret Hart, against even, we got to see Shawn Michaels versus Goldberg. Now, that was a great encounter, but we got to see those dream matches. And that's what Shawn Michaels did, put on those dream bouts. The, the last few matches with The Undertaker says it all. And he still stuck to, stuck to his word, respect for The Undertaker. And show courtesy of retirement, staying out of retirement. But no. it could very well be broken. I, 
I couldn't say that better than myself right there. I think that, that that's a great choice. Hell, Michaels is one of my favorite wrestlers. So it's a little heartbreaking that he's not my number one as well, too. And I just base this on uh, my list is more based on the WWE championship itself. Maybe not so the wrestler, but the championship and what's signified as a great champion. And Shawn Michaels, yes. Any list goes on. He's number one on a lot of my top lists for any kind of wrestlers out there. Best performer, best gimmick, you know, longest, um, I guess, um, best retirement comeback and things of that nature. But um, to me, there's only one great WWF, WWE champion, in my opinion. I have honorable mentions. I have, you know, you know people like Austin, people like The Rock, you know, people like Jericho, People like um, Buddy Rogers being the first. People like a Macho Man Randy Savage with his reign for that year. You know, uh, people like a JBL to me with that year run mm-hmm. as well too. Was with this year run, yep. He you know, people people give JBL crap for being like a singles competitor because they didn't think he was really relevant. They just stuck. They think he they just stuck with that character because like they had nothing to do with the APA at that time. No, completely changed his character. Like as a, I thought JBL was one of the best heels of that era. That was a, that was about he put that character to perfection. You're definitely right. You know those people hated him for like Edge. You know people hated him, but they did their job. That's what they do. And JBL is one of the pioneers and one of the best veterans in that business. No, definitely. I, I totally agree as well, too. You know, Alma mentions, you know, Slaughter and to an Ultimate Warrior as well, too. Well, you know, a Slaughter and a Warrior really got me into professional wrestling. But out of all the of Warrior? that right there, yeah, Warrior. I love Warrior. You know, WrestleMania 6 was one of my favorite matches of all time, main event. Yeah. But my number one, my number one that signifies what the WWF, WWE Championship was really all about has to go for Mr. Red and Yellow, Mr. Red, White, and Blue, Hulk Hogan Mm. himself. Mm -hmm. To me, when you think of professional wrestling, you really think about Hulk Hogan. When you think about the WWF or the WWE, you still think about Hulk Hogan. It's sad that he wasn't on my list, and I thought of him, but I didn't add him. And I added him for, number one, his multiple title reigns, but what he meant for that championship as well, too. You know, selling out the Garden and beating the Iron Sheik, you know, in 1983, when it hit that that title for the first time, you know, with a glorious, glorious ovation signifying the passing of the torch, his legendary battles with Piper, his legendary battles with Paul Orndorff, you know, going into WrestleMania three. Um, taking on Andre the Giant, you know, a slam heard around the world. WrestleMania 2, taking on King Kong Bundy uh, in the steel cage match. For these titles, these titles were meant something. You know, the WWE Championship was meant um, to signify you are the best and you need to get to this level to be the best. And Hulk Hogan really either made or, uh, or broke you as well, too. His classic match with Macho Man. At WrestleMania, um, going to WrestleMania 5 as well, too, you know, with the Mega Powers exploding, having a great storyline just to go with it, a jealous Macho Man taking on, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, trying to play the best friend role in that way. You know, his classic passing of the torch with WrestleMania 6, like I mentioned before, you know, just taking a... Um, on all challengers, you know, that, that ultimate challenge match really is what really brought me into wrestling. You know, it, it was just magic to me to seeing these two hulking characters just battling each other, not for 
who's a bad guy or who's a good guy, but who's the ultimate weapon, if you will. And it was just, it was just magic to my, uh, to my eyes visually, you know, even going further than that, taking on slaughter for his championship, having the whole United States on his back, you know, leaving things like that, going into um, different promotions and to still come back in 2002 and win the championship again against Triple H, you know, still having a company on his heels may have been a short run at that time, but hell, it showed that an old man still has new tricks and to reinvent himself many times to make a title mean something more than what it was, man, Hulk Hogan, you know, I understand people are a little tight about him for a lot of comments he said before, but he can't take nothing away for his contributions to the wrestling world. Mm. And you know what? You're right again, bro. Is there like a whole so Kogan right. match that yeah, you remember that maybe for that title that, that really um that really spoke to you? There are a few that come in mind, okay. Um I have to think back when he, like you said, number the, the on that list would be the Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. WrestleMania Six against the WWE title. They unified that t- those titles, the Intercontinental and the WWE Championship. That was the main event, and those two put on a classic belt like no other. People can say Hulk Hogan's overrated and and is not really a performer per se, like he just does one like one late drop or, or whatever to finish. But you know what? It worked. At that era, and he was the pioneer of that era. If there weren't no w, there were there wouldn't be no Hulk Hogan. There wouldn't be no WWE if there were if there were Hulk Hogan. I'm just gonna say that right there. No, he yeah. was one of the first that stepped foot in that business, and he's in he put his contributions says it all. After everything, TV TV hosts, whatever he did, he did he, he did for the best, you know. And fans, if you're if you're a casual fan, if you're a hardcore fan. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you are. You gotta know and you gotta respect Hulk Hogan. There is nobody that Hulk Hogan is synonymous with wrestling. Period. That's why I, it's a shame to not put him on that list. No man, we all had different kind of lists that we all enjoyed the picks we had there. You know, whether we disagree with them or not, they're personal to us. Um, before we wrap this up, I want to do something a little special right here. I want to give a little extra content here just to add on to this. So I'm gonna pose you this question first. I want you to give me okay. from three to three to one your favorite WWE championships, the way they Ooh. look. Or you know, just just the the title itself. What was your favorite design? From three being the the least, uh, not not least, but like I guess from three to one, one being your favorite. Uh, number three would be the Attitude Era Championship. Yeah, I mean, it's, the it, big it, blue it, belt. Yes, it, it it didn't really shine and and outperform. Uh, you, you know what? The Spinner Belt would be number three. Okay. Because that was just, like, the least of my favorite championships. I know John Cena came in. He was hot and at that time. And, you know, he, he brought the spinner belt, which was a different era at the time. The, the Ruthless Aggression era. The leader of that era still, till now. Which I think the spinner belt was was defended for too long. Was still there for too long. And should have just been a short term. And they kept that belt, which kind of pissed me off because the championship should not look like that. The championship well, should not be spinning belt. The championship should not be 
gangster looking. Uh, okay, I think you're burying this title. Um, I, I kind of wanted your favorites. <laughs> Is this your favorite? <laughs> you said the least favorite. Well, from, said well I, favorite. I said I said your favorite title, but three being you know the least out of them, and one being your favorite. So that, that, that would be the spinner. Okay, okay. And that's off on that topic. Okay, and then number, number two. two the Attitude Era belt. Now, this era, the, that belt was performed by the, by top greats, and it's been performed by Austin. It's held by the Austin, The Rock, Triple H. That was a popular era at the time. And for that championship, it it, it was okay looking, but like it could have been like a little like changed around, maybe red, maybe a little bit like different cut kind of colors okay. to blend in with it. Um, but that's still that's still on my list. I, I you know I it's. I don't, I don't mind the Attitude Era belt because it didn't matter. It was a championship that was relevant. Right. And that's that's what kept it. You know, that's that's why it's on my on my number two. Number one. You know what? I like this WWE Championship now. that AJ Styles is holding. Okay. I, I I grew on it, and that's what a title should look like. It it doesn't have. It can be sparkly or whatever. It can be very shiny. As long as it's defended, as long as it's relevant, and it's on SmackDown, and it's held by a champion that actually deserves to be held by, and and him to start with that championship around his waist and to to perform all day in and day out with that championship, it's still relevant to this day because the performers in that ring is nonstop, and we have a new era that that championship could be defended day in and day out. That's a championship for this new generation that they're going to turn the roof off and give them the right opportunity. That championship has potential. So that's on my that's that's my favorite right there. Okay. Well, let's see. My number three is uh, the third. Um, I'm going to say the current WWE Championship. Um, I love it. I, I, I agree with you that it has a lot of potential. It grew on me as well, too, especially with like the two incarnations that happened with the first one being that, that scratchy WWE logo that The Rock came out with. I just didn't care about that one. And then they kind of redesigned it for Brock Lesnar, and then they redesigned it again for what it is now. I like this incarnation. It's simple, but it still holds a lot of value and truth to it. So especially with the nameplates um, being on the side, I do enjoy that. You get to customize it and be a little more original. So that's pretty fun. Um, my second would have to be um, the late 80s going into um, going into the early 90s, mid-90s, the wing WWE championship uh, with the eagle wings coming out of it. I yep. love that title. It's just a fantastic title. It doesn't work in this day and age, but for that no. time period, you know, when you see people like the Macho Man holding it, when you see Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels hold it, it's so iconic to me. and It just signifies that championship at that time. Hell, if I could get a replica of that title, I'll be wearing it everywhere naked around my house. Um, <laughs> and my number one, this might surprise some people, um, I do love the undisputed title. Mm. Um, them then becoming the WWE Championship. I think that was a very underrated title. I like the black design with the gold trimming and the gold plate around it. Um, the black and gold just it felt very gritty and felt very different from the normal titles that they had. And I don't know, people like, you know, a JBL holding that title. People like a Brock Lesnar holding that title. Um, a Taker, you know, a Triple H, under um, uh, Hulk Hogan even holding that title. It just meant a lot in that early year. And that title wasn't around for so long. It was what going from 2002 going all the way to 2006. I think that's what it was, because that's when Cena won it. So it's like, 
No, 2005, excuse me, 2005, because he won at Mania. So, uh, you know, it, it had a decent run, but man, just a, I, I, I don't know, something about that title screams prestige to me. I wish it was uh, around a little bit longer than how it stood, especially with the Spinner title, um, taking almost 10 years of my life looking at that garbage. I just didn't care about it whatsoever. But I digress. Um, we're going to wrap this up here. And then where can people find you if they want to talk wrestling to you? To be honest, nowhere. Okay. <laughs> no, no, honestly, nowhere. I have nothing set up. All right. Well, if you want again in touch with Danny Mac and talk to him about his begs, you can always reach me either at um, Twitter at Val Cisco. You can reach me on Instagram at Val Cisco. Or you can reach Sideshow Conversations on Instagram at Sideshow Conversations or Facebook at Sideshow Conversations. Um, Sideshow Conversations on Anchor, on Spotify, and on iTunes. So please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this episode, let us know. If you disagree on our picks, let us know. Call us out on it. I want to hear it. I want the, the, uh, the feedback. So let me know. Dig it. Dan, do you have any last words before we head out? I say thank you for having me, bro. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for for reaching out to me, um, physically and mentally. And I thank you so much for just everything in general, bro, because you, you've been there with me, for me day one and you never stop. Um, so I say to the fans, tune in to Valcisco. I say give it a try, give it a listen. I say definitely, you know, if you have any questions about anything about the professional wrestling business, we got it. We got the facts. We got we got the knowledge. We got the personals. So <laughs> definitely give it a try, please. And guys, hey, if you disagree with all this as well, too, y'all can bury me softly, brothers. Anyway, it's been a pleasure, Dan. Until the next one later. Until the next one, bro. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for tuning into this episode. It was really fun having my little brother on here talking about some wrestling. And hey, guys, if you enjoyed this, if you enjoyed Sideshow Conversations, if you enjoy all the segments, whether it's at the movies, nothing to watch, nothing to play, Pop 5, you name it, we do it. We have a Patreon just above the anchor link. There's a uh, help support this podcast link. Go click onto it. Donate a dollar. Hell, donate two dollars if you want to. If you want to donate a penny, go for it as well, too. All that donation goes to the podcast itself. Helps with uh, little things as far as equipment and kind of getting a better setup for the podcast to see it succeed in the future. So if you guys think that this podcast deserves a penny or even five bucks, go for it. I appreciate it. Always we do this for free. We just ask for little donations just to help with the cost of the podcast, researching and all that good stuff happening there. But I do thank all of you for listening, whether it be on Spotify, iTunes, hell, on Anchor as well, too. We all appreciate you. Anyway, guys, I'm out of here. Stay clear. Be safe. Be real.